0: This Tridio production is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network, and made possible by you, our listener. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit Tridio.com slash donate.
1: You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 51.
0: I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. I have Scottish. I can complain about things.
1: Hi, I'm Tom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series Doctor Who. Today, we're discussing the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie. Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. Howdy. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Tom. So uh, there is a bit of Doctor Who news I'd like to to, to jump on. Now, as we're recording this, uh, you're listening to this about uh, three to four weeks after we record this. Uh, we're recording some ahead of time just to kind of these are you know sort of evergreen sort of
2: things so this may not be and to and get ready for the holidays so we can take a break over but still have new content for the listeners <laughs> exactly. exactly we'll take a break and you keep getting good stuff but uh, that
1: said the reason I tell you that is, is what we present here as news may not be so new by the time you hear it or it may actually change uh, some of this is a bit a r- rumor so but the, there's a bit of uh, uh reporting going on in the in the british press about the next season of doctor who um first uh, the timing uh that the next season is rumored to be coming fall of 2018 um uh, th- this past episode began in the spring. And, and some of that has to do with the quirk of British TV programming. I guess on Saturdays, Doctor Who in the primetime was up against a very popular reality TV series about dancing of some sort. Um, and so they wanted, uh, they avoided it in the last season by just doing it in the spring uh, when that show wasn't airing, but they, uh, they want to go back to the fall, but there might be a shift in the schedule. It might not be in the evening. It might might be, uh, as they put it at tea time, which is in the afternoon of Saturday because it's popular with kids, that sort of That's thing. That's
2: its classic period. That's when it originally debuted. Right, right. So there's
1: still, still to, to, you know, it's, so when exactly will air, it might even be a different day of the week. they they're, they're not even sure of that, but, uh, it's probably going to be next fall before we see new episodes of Dr. Who. Uh, the second bit of news is a little bit, uh, bigger, uh, uh, you know, impacts us as fans a little more, which is they're going to sh- they're planning 10 episode seasons instead of what we've been getting was 12, uh, and uh, with, uh, with the 12th doctor. And before that we were getting 13 and this is in addition to the Christmas special. So they're going to cut this, cut the number of episodes again. Um, but the each episode will be an hour instead of 45 minutes hmm. so we're only getting 10 stories a season instead of 12 or 13 <laughs>
2: You know, if they do it that way, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I like more content rather than less, but the content sounds like it's, it would be more or less a wash if you lengthen each program by 15 minutes, but reduce the number by a few episodes. Um, but what I, what I find intriguing about that is what it'll do to the stories, right? Because there has one of the problems with New Who. Now, one of the problems with Old Who was that it often felt really slow there were, like there was a lot of padding mm-hmm. they were stretching out the story New who has had the opposite problem it's felt too rushed Correct. and there are a lot of episodes where they just leap over things you know with wait what was the plot logic yeah. for that yeah. you know, right yeah, i mean, was
0: i was kind of right. jokingly call it the voyager syndrome where they'd be going along they building up to the climax all of a sudden they flash to the ship and everything's solved
2: yeah, yeah. right, exactly. right. And so having a little bit more time in each episode would be actually a good effect. Um, also, there have been a few clunkers every season and, you know, some weaker stories that obviously got passed just because they needed to fill the schedule. And so having three less episodes could mean they're going to have three, you know, they're going to cut the weaker three episodes. While strengthening the better stories with a little more time for the storytelling, so that sounds like it actually That's could work true. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yep. Um, so the 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 last bit of news is uh, probably the biggest bit, which is uh, news about the casting of the new companion. Um, and the uh, the the news is it's not official yet, uh, but apparently it's a, a British actor named of uh, Bradley Walsh. Who's uh, 57 years old and start, previously started in a bunch of different things, uh, including uh, the 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 UK version of Law and Order. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know much about Bradley Walsh. I don't recall him from anything. So it's I, you know I don't have anything particular to say about him. There's been a little bit of controversy, of course, because you know fans there's always controversy um yeah but in this case it's his his age and gender the fact that he's an right. older man with uh, with the uh the doctor being a younger woman there's some concern that he will be like a a dad figure or something uh he's not that much older than Jodie Whittaker frankly but um I don't know it's different and I think that's that makes it interesting to me frankly mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they if they cast a um uh, a young guy to be, you know the 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 instead of you know the doctor set of doctor's boyfriend, doctor's girlfriend thing. That would be mm-hmm. annoying, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: So, so I, I I like this idea. A, a good a good move for them would be, I mean, it, 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 a good move for them is to have a male companion for contrast, because we've always mm-hmm. had a gender contrast. But also having a, a someone who's not romantically involved with the doctor this time Correct. out is also a good move, and making him significantly older—you uh, know, not hugely older, not decrepit—you know, someone who can still go on adventures, but mm-hmm. but someone who's notably older than the doctor is a good way of taking romance off the table.
0: Correct, and and you know there could be they could really play on the tension of. He's, he appears older, he's, you know, under, under earth standards is, seems older, but actually of course the doctor is much, much, much <laughs> 2, older, 2000 years old, sure. <laughs> yeah. you know. yeah. So, I mean, they could really, no, I have a feeling they will play on that quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So it could be interesting. I, I mean, I guess my impression kind of looking at, I'm, I'm looking at the IMDB uh, Patreon, which I don't recognize any of the, I've never seen any of the shows that he's known for that he's on. So Yeah, he's not somebody that we would know here in the States very well, unless we watch like the Law and Order UK, um, that he's almost kind of almost got just initial impressions is like Ian Chesterton, only a little bit older. Right.
2: Yeah, he looks like a little Ian Chesterton, but older. And actually, Ian, if you go back and watch the first um, Doctor's episodes that Ian appears in, um, Ian is a very successful companion. He really he really works Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So I,
0: I'm wondering if he'll be kind of that that type of companion where um you know the, the Yeah. So I mean interesting to see.
1: Yeah. So, uh, just a, a little bit of, uh, of, of, new who news as we, uh, transition from watching the regenerations of classic who to the regenerations of new who. Um, so just, you know, thought we bring that up, uh, and like I said, the, there'll be news coming out all the time. I mean, we're not really a, a doctor who news show where we talk a lot right. about it, but as things come up, we'll talk about it and, uh, you know, we'll bring it up and bring it to your attention and, uh and you know frankly we're starved for any news <laughs> at this at the moment so uh so this is good to have so uh back to the main topic of the show today we're going to talk about the doctor who movie uh with the eighth doctor uh, in nearly his sole uh, t- uh vi- you know visual appearance uh apart from uh, one other short moment that we'll talk about next week um uh McGann. oh my gosh i just blanked on the paul name again McGann. paul McGann. Paul I, almost, McGann. I, I, I get the peter paul thing uh uh paul, <laughs> paul McGann as the doctor and eric roberts as a uh, scene chewing uh master uh so <laughs> <laughs> an earlier review of the episode folks so let's uh let's listen to the sound of the trailer
2: taken most of my regenerations.
0: By midnight tonight, this planet will be pulled inside out. And
2: there will be nothing left.
1: No way. It's working. This is his last chance to stay alive and you know it. What do you know last chances? More than you! Okay, that's, uh, as I was saying before, uh, this is very, this, it, it aired in 1996 it's the sole outing pretty much for the eighth doctor on uh on tv it it aired on fox uh yes. in america which and was bbc and, and bbc yes mm-hmm. uh but for from an american perspective um a unique uh airing it's the only time it's aired on a broad, you know, that doctor who as far as i know on regular mainstream like broadcast tv Yeah, you know, cuz it's uh, before this it was it was mostly public television, right. um, and yeah. and and since 2005, it's been um, BBC
0: America, specialty
2: cable, yeah. yeah. And, and so, and I think I mean, Sci-Fi. It was on Sci-Fi too.
0: Oh, wasn't it was it on but, Sci-Fi for a little while? But again, um, like for broadcast television, I, I think there were some times in the 70s where local broadcasters would do it that weren't PBS, like UHF channels. Things like that, you know, we are like getting <laughs> yeah. real
2: obscure. No one under yeah. 30 knows what UHF is. Yeah, exactly. UHF but was it, the
1: dial that just spun as opposed to clicked.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, it was, it was the dial to, that didn't have anything on it,
0: it. 14 to 83 or something like that were the frequency or the channels. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for yeah, for the most part, if you watch Dr. Who, who here in the States before 1996, it was on, public television of some sort or another it was yes. not on it was not on the big four big three before <laughs> big it, three. before fox came out um yeah so it was uh and it was a very much a made for tv movie let's let's not have any illusions yes. about this this yes. was a made for tv movie and it looks every bit of it,
1: it like something from the
0: 90s uh very yeah. much uh, very, mm-hmm. this has a look and feel very much of the 90s and it was among <laughs> who fans it was very very controversial at the time It's funny to look back at it now, but at the time it was extremely controversial because we'll talk about it, but it was very different from any Doctor Who that had come before, at least on TV.
1: Was this being advanced as sort of a possible beginning for a new series? Yes. Yes. This was
0: a pilot. Okay. This was a pilot here in the States. And it just
1: didn't do well enough to to really be
2: a new series at the time or- correct they had a whole series bible written for it um which is kind of interesting because the the series bible they did is actually written uh i mean in the persona of chancellor uh, barusa who was one of the doctors huh. time lord <laughs> uh, time funny. lord uh mentors on gallifrey and so you have the series i mean they were such fans of the show that they actually wrote the bible for the show hmm. In persona, as if this is a document from Gallifrey, mm-hmm. and um, and they had you know some basic ideas for what they wanted to do. Uh, one of the things that uh, they were talking about doing was having a kind of season arc, which is something that that later becomes a prominent part of Doctor Who. And the season arc they were talking about was a kind of hunt for the Doctor's father, Ulysses. Mm-hmm. um but that never made it onto screen and it was just a backdoor pilot and and didn't do as well as they'd hoped it's yeah.
1: interesting so you know i like just i'm placing it in time you know and the mindset of the of, of uh people watching it fans at the time right it was 1996 the most the, the most Recent Doctor Who uh, that they'd been able to watch was produced in 1989, right? Correct. It was, uh, Correct. Uh, yeah. With Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy. Yep. And and, and, and that and was so should... it, was, it was a while. It was se- it was so seven years without any Doctor Who, which must have seemed like a long time. But after this
0: movie, now we we go almost a whole decade Correct. without more Doctor yep. Who. Correct. And it's kind of funny to look back now and kind of say, well, those really weren't that long of time, you know, especially when you think, of course, of how long Doctor Who had run before, but even how long New Who has been running. It's been running for 12 years now. Right. You know, so New Who has run longer than any of those two breaks, although obviously much long there's that the break not counting the movie is much longer than New Who has been running. Right. It's also kind of interesting, like I said, to look back, to look at this movie in contrast to Rose. Mm-hmm. The yes, beginning yeah. of New Who, because there are things that you almost, I almost feel like they looked at the movie and said, here's where it went wrong. And we're not going to do that with New Who. We're not going to do but, that with Rose. Yeah.
2: But they also looked at it and said, here's where it went right. And we're going to exactly. copy that. Exactly. And, and this very much feels like a first draft for Rose. It mm-hmm. also feels very much like a hybrid between old who and new who. And right. a lot of the things that were controversial about this at the time are actually things that anticipated new who. Exactly. And today we take them for granted. And so when I look back at it, in light of, you know, all these years of new who it's like, you know, this is a lot better than, than its reputation. I mean, yeah. it's got some stuff in it that I, that I think is lame, like the performance of the master, but um, <laughs> especially that his yeah. denouement is terrible. Yeah. But, um, but there's a lot in here that it's like, you know, this isn't bad. This is, this, a lot of the stuff that was controversial then is like, okay, that's no big deal. They, that becomes part of the show and it, and it works fine.
0: Well, yeah, the, exactly.
1: So to get to kind of get into the show itself, I mean, one of the interesting aspects to me, uh, I intentionally tried to to to, to remain uh, uh, to, to, to 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 not know too much about the the sh- the show before watching. I did want to be prejudiced uh, in in advance about it one way or the other. But it was surprising to me how much Sylvester McCoy was in this. I mean, he was yeah. the first twenty minutes, half an hour of this Correct. of this movie was Sylvester McCoy. Uh, yeah. So
2: real quick, why don't we talk a little just yeah. for a moment about the production of this? Because okay. the, after Doctor Who was originally canceled uh, and the BBC just had no love for Doctor Who at this point. I mean, the officials hated it. They'd been wanting to get rid of it for years. They finally did. And there was this pressure from fans to, you know, can we get something? Can, can it come back somehow? And um and there was a lot of ambivalence with the BBC. There was a lot of talk about a movie project and, uh, and, and that never got off the ground, but there was kind of some competition between the proposed movie project and this proposed series project. And eventually this made it onto the screen. And there's a kind of an interesting backstory to that. If you, uh, if you look on the DVD, there's a whole documentary about it. But basically, um, this is this was the sort of the the brainchild, the the love child of an American who producer who was a huge fan of Doctor Who and who happened to be working for Steven Spielberg. And it's only because he was working for Steven Spielberg that the BBC was willing to give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. But it, he had a passion for this project and getting it on the air and. Um, and he eventually succeeded. Um, the BBC had like a woman who served as kind of his minder to make sure that it didn't get too far away from, from the British version of Doctor Who. Um, and then it, it, and there were a surprising number of different corporate entities, including the BBC and Fox and various other parties that all had a hand in this and that, plays a role in why the ending is a little fuzzy, because as the producer was talking about, he was getting so many notes from these different corporate entities about how it needed to work, especially at the end. There was no way to harmonize all of the different notes he was getting. And so he just had to accept some and ignore others. Mm-hmm. But he eventually got his his passion project on the air. And so that was kind of a triumph for him. Um, and that explains some of the things we'll be talking about. One of the things was Sylvester McCoy, because there was a controversy at the time about um, about, you know, sh- how do you introduce the doctor? Do you tie this into the previous continuity? And there were some people who thought, no, this should just be a reboot, that this mm-hmm. should not be tied into previous continuity. Or there was an idea that maybe this should be a different doctor that um, it's not the same Doctor, that it's a kind of his understudy. It's kind of a new Doctor taking the place of the old Doctor, but without the concept of regeneration. It's just a different person, a different Time Lord. Um, And eventually, the producer won out and said, no, no, I want this part of the continuity. I want Sylvester McCoy. But the deal he had to make for that was Sylvester McCoy can – can appear but he needs to say almost nothing and they thought okay if he's only in the front and he doesn't really say anything it won't be too confusing for the new viewers but they kind of pressed the limits of that so they they had him for longer than kind of was anticipated and then they also gave him a few lines mm-hmm. uh but uh, but they they do end up having Sylvester McCoy, in it for a substantial period, thus firmly tying it to the previous show. Interesting. So we so we begin this this episode, this movie, with um, a
1: voiceover telling of the Doctor telling us that there was this treaty between the Time Lords and the Daleks, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, We're obviously pre-Time War here. Uh, yes, yep. <laughs> um, where the, the the Master was placed on trial on Scarro and sentenced to ex- uh, to execution. Uh, for his, you know, his, you know, his uh, crimes, uh, numerous as they are. Um, And but his last request is that the doctor carry him back to uh, Gallifrey for burial.
2: And so which so the doctor takes, by by the way, notice notice the parallels to what happens later with the master, because this is the second this is the first of two times now we've had the master an execution of the master that the doctors played a role in because later when, uh, whoever it is, is trying to execute Missy, they bring the doctor in for that too, to pull the switch on her. Right. Exactly. And, and yep. in both cases, the master survives.
1: Yes. Uh, one, uh, with the, uh, the, the, uh, Assistance of the Doctor, one without. Uh, so the the Doctor, uh, Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor, takes the uh, the ashes or the urn on board uh, the, the TARDIS, which now has a very different look to it. Uh, Very different from the old series and very different from even the new series. It feels very cluttered and like a Victorian uh, mansion Mm. of of some sort.
2: It's it's very steampunk. You have both the the old trappings, but some technology, too, like with the TARDIS console. It's a little reminiscent of the alternative control room that Tom Baker had that was kind of had a Jules Verne feel. But this is more detailed and it's steampunk is about the best word I can, I yeah, can think exactly. for it.
0: Very, very grandiose. It it gets the
1: it's sort of related in some DNA, not not mostly to later TARDIS control rooms of the uh, yeah. the 11th and 12th Doctor.
0: That's that is one thing I did like about it. The the look of it, though, is it looked like. A TARDIS that had been lived in for 700 years, as they say later on in the the series. But it looked, you know, because there's stuff everywhere. And you can imagine the doctor is not (laughs) exactly a neat freak. I just don't see him being a neat freak at all. So he's just going to have stuff laying everywhere.
1: So we, we find out in here that the doctor has the Time Lords have 13 regenerations. This is where we're told. this. Is this the first time this comes up? No.
2: Okay. It comes up in uh, it comes up in Tom Baker's era. Um, we're told that they have twelve regenerations, and uh, so that's been established for a while. Okay, and and it played a it played a role in the plots uh, in some earlier stories, like during the trial of a Time Lord series during Colin Baker's sixth Doctor era the Valeyard, one of his sort of future incarnations was trying to steal his future regenerations because there's a limited number of them. And, and that obviously plays a role in the plot here as well. Okay.
1: So there's some Easter eggs in this scene. Um, the doctor is eating jelly babies. We see a 900 year diary. Um, he's reading Jules Verne, uh, not Jules Verne's H.G. Wells time machine. Um, the, there's a record player, um, playing the song in a dream. It's a, it's actually a gramophone that skips on the line about, uh, Oh, time, time, uh, time. time yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> At this time, the 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 master's casket, which is now in this other room with unattended candles, which I the doctor I you know I have to ding him for leaving unattended candles lit uh, in his room. It's a fire <laughs> it hazard. May
2: just may just be holographic flames. Oh, let's
1: go. Okay, good. Let's go with that because I or it I, could I re- be
0: fake fake wood that won't actually burn.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so the casket splits and some goo comes out. Uh, a sentient goo of, of some sort. Uh, so then we jump to San Francisco 1999 which is 3 years in the future from when this movie was released. So yep. viewers would be seeing this as a future thing and it's it's December 31st 1999. It's <clears throat> if you were you know we uh, we're old enough to recall People were obsessed with the new millennium at the end of the nineties, yeah.
0: um, which, by the way, didn't happen till 2001. I have to get that in there. <laughs> yeah. Millennium yes. does not start till 2001. The Y2K bug was a concern at this point for year 2000, right? Well, and it's fact,
1: in fact, that came up, right? Someone's, didn't someone mention during the movie that uh, that it's not the new millennium until next year? I think I think someone kind of throws I the line it up when there. They did but yeah, uh, well, maybe one of the morgue attendants or something, but. I was, uh, yeah. The
0: only reason why I remember that is I was uh, I was doing computer work at that time, and everything, everything yeah. was had to be Y2K compliant, or had to put all this money into the Y2K this and Y2K that, and of course, thanks be to God, we got enough work done that it wasn't an issue. But it would have by '96, it was still a serious concern. Yeah. So and you know, actually.
2: Actually, there were some uh, some problems. I have a friend who was uh, in Malaysia who was doing uh, you know computer work at the time, and she had to manage a Y two K event that mm-hmm. happened because of non-compliant software. But it happened a year early. Oh, and that's funny. And so, when when it clicked over into 1999, the the system they had running over in Malaysia wasn't compliant and there was something about the the dating they were using that caused a cascading Y2K event a year early over there that she had to manage.
1: Yeah. Okay. The, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the programming stuff, but I think there was like anything that looked forward, you know, that had a, a one year forward looking sort of stuff mm-hmm. could have, could start to have problems. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So Y2K was a big thing. I know people who stockpiled and, and so, so that's, one of the reasons I think they chose this this time is because, it, you know, being a time lord, a significant date would be the switch over yeah. from the four digits with that end in nine to four digits that end in three zeros. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's also been common in Doctor Who to set the series slightly in the future.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're in San Francisco, which is an, a unique location for Doctor Who at this time. I mean, I don't think they've ever had they ever been in the US even in a, in Doctor Who
2: Oh yeah okay yeah they they went to the US as early as uh, the first doctor in fact one of the one of the most interesting series they did in the first doctor was called the gunfighters and it was basically gunfight at the ok corral so the doctor went to the old west in Arizona
1: Oh, okay, so this was set in San Francisco, but filmed in uh, uh, Vancouver. Uh, I know for mm-hmm. certain because some mm-hmm. of the locations they've chose, like the Institute for Science or whatever they called it, uh, was a set that I've seen about a hundred times on Stargate, uh, like yeah. all these ep- all these TV sci-fi shows
0: that are that are well, filmed in Vancouver. And just, you know, simple things like road signs that are the Canadian standard instead of the U.S. standard. Things like that, you know. Exactly, exactly. So uh, fi- so
1: filmed not in Britain, uh, filmed in Canada. Uh, so the- there's uh, some kind of gang fight, these Asian kids, they... Uh, we don't ever get an explanation for what's happening. It's sort of this out of the blue. They're being chased by a guy in a car. They kill him. And then they get ambushed. And in the midst of this, there's one kid who's kind of surviving. Lee. Um, uh, yes. And and in the midst of this, the TARDIS uh, materializes between the kid who's who's about to be shot and the shooters.
0: And the doctor steps out and gets gets gunned down. Yeah. Um, yeah. We kind of kind of skipped a point there because the reason why the TARDIS materialized is the Master crawled into the console, right? The ooze yeah. Master crawled into the console and caused a critical timing malfunction,
1: right? To- yeah. Right, that's right, and uh, yeah, sent it to this particular date, um, and I, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, the doctor the, the 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 TARDIS material is right in front of a a billboard for London tourism. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. They're
2: they're definitely playing with the the British and American elements here because of the co production.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh so they uh, they. Yeah. there's a lot of like ambulance and, and hospital stuff going on here but the long story short is they t- the doctor gets taken to the hospital where of course has an alien with two hearts everything goes wrong we have this surgeon who's like the best you know ca- cardiac surgeon who's trying to perform a procedure on him as if he has one heart uh and there are complications <coughs> and it uh the thing, that, the thing that got me is he keeps waking up, sitting up and grabbing the surgeon despite being anesthetized. Do you think they might like have taken some more precautions, given him some more anesthesia? They just kind of like push him back down and start keep
2: operating. <laughs> like it, was driving, yeah, yeah. it was driving me he, nuts. He's also telling them I'm not human. And in context, because they've got a they've got an X-ray of his chest. They've seen the two hearts. Right. Um, and they dismissed it as, oh, it's a double exposure. Yes, uh, how that would happen exactly, I don't know because they're on different sides of his chest. Is he moving in the middle um, of the x-ray? <laughs> yeah, did yes, you flip exactly. him over? Uh, um but they've brought in so the the surgeon who's actually doing this procedure is Grace Holloway and she's the she's going to be the new companion. But um at least for this sort of, yeah sort of but um but she's she's like been she has not seen the x-ray she's been called in for, she was watching an opera with her boyfriend and she's been called in to do the surgery on an emergency basis and so she's like come straight into the operating theater she's got her opera dress on under her scrubs and she's unprepared for this surgery and so you know it kind of explains why she uh she ends up Doing what she does. But this is the first and so far the only time the doctor has literally been killed by malpractice. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And and it really is malpractice because any heart surgeon ought to look at the darn X-ray before doing surgery.
0: Well, 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 and, and the bullets weren't even like that serious. Well, the, you know, yeah. It was like one of the shoulder and two in his legs and they got that taken care of. But it was because of this. Oh, his heart rate is going through the roof. We got to figure out what's going on instead of just leaving him alone.
1: Right. In yeah. fact, that's the, that's the other thing. I mean, me is, is that the the, the the shooting didn't require the the surgery. It was the meddling due to the weird like heart stuff. Well, the other part that gets me is, is the EKG that's sitting there in the in the uh, operating room is showing one heart rate and one pulse. It's showing yeah. like you what you expect to see. And then it goes flat when he dies. It's like, but it would be showing too. <laughs> it wouldn't be working pulses. correctly. Yeah. You see
0: multi, yeah. Multiple so, spikes when the heart beats. Yeah. So
1: the, the writing, the writing, I think was suffered a little bit to this whole sequence, yeah. I
2: think. By the way one thing and I I don't I'm not 100% sure on this but so one thing they establish later in the series in the End of Time special where David Tennant's 10th Doctor regenerates is that the Time Lord the heartbeat of a Time Lord typically is the same drumming pattern that we hear in the opening mm-hmm. credits of the show, the da-da-da-da, 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 right. da-da-da. and so um, with the two hearts. And so I was listening carefully when they give us a moment of the doctor's heartbeat, and it did sound to me like it was da-da-da-da. And so, um, so I don't know if they did it intentionally or not, but it did sound to me like, like they were using the Time Lord heartbeat from the opening credits. Oh, that's good. That's hmm. good. I mean, it's, it sounds like like the, the,
1: the, you know, they, they got a couple of details, you know, right in there, I guess. Um, so the, 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 uh, Lee, the, the kid who, who kind of brought the doctrine, there was this weird, I, I didn't understand. Why he went in the ambulance and why he was, why they insisted that he knew, had to have known the doctor, and why he didn't just say, I found him in the street like this and just move and uh-huh. on.
2: He's, he's, so Lee is a grifter and he's trying to set himself up to either get a reward if the doctor mm-hmm. survives or um to uh to get uh, the doctor's possessions and uh, and perhaps inherit from the doctor's estate. And so mm-hmm. Lee is deliberately exaggerating his connection with the doctor to try to make one of those things happen.
0: Okay. And we and we, and we see that after the doctor dies where he walks in and is like, "Oh, is this his stuff? Yeah, I'll, get, I'll take it to his parents. Bye."
2: You right. Know? I mean, just yeah. like
0: he's, he's so concerned about that bag of stuff. Yeah. OK.
1: All right. I, I get I get that. They didn't really explain it too much, but that's I mean, it's a, it's a good it's a it's a it makes sense. It's logical.
2: Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, yeah. notice. So Lee is kind of the other sort of companion in this episode. And uh, one of the things that occurred to me uh, in looking at Lee and Grace is they have elements of things we see later on in the series. Um, Lee is a lower class guy, you know, kind of shady. And that's in some ways, he's similar to Mickey. Um, mm-hmm. Grace is a doctor and, that's similar to Martha Jones, who was a doctor. Mm-hmm. And then in this episode, we have some romance between the doctor and grace and romance is something that the doctor later had with Rose and river song. Right. And so it's kind of in these two characters here, you have kind of a mixture of some of the companion themes that the new series ends up exploring.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 uh, the kissing scene, of this, that was uh, the movie. Biggest that controversy. Was huge controversy. I mean, there was every Doctor Who website that was out there. Of course, this is 1996, so the the World Wide Web was a thing. <laughs> oh, they were just pulling their hair out, you know, ripping yeah. their clothes. I mean, it was the whole wailing and grinding of teeth because the Doctor kissed his companion. Yeah, this is now we're like it happens.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was viewed as being as being you know totally out of character for the doctor and sort of unprofessional. You know, to Uh have a kind of like you know you've got this person they're traveling with you they're kind of in a vulnerable position and for the doctor to kiss a companion, you know, it's kind of a little bit exploitative potentially. Mm-hmm. And so fans really went nuts about that. Although if you think about it, the doctor, even though they kind of pretended for a long time that he was, you know romanceless, uh, he had a granddaughter from the very beginning. yeah, but but then there was such a drive to make him and and everybody on the show asexual. That um, it, until they fell in love and left, you know, at the end of their companion arc, um, yep. which happened frequently. But there was such a drive to make the doctor and everybody else sexless to communicate to the viewing audience, nothing is going on here. That there were even theories that for a while that Susan really wasn't the doctor's granddaughter in order to make him seem even more asexual.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So this is really kind of the beginning of the doctor is boyfriend uh, yeah. idea that yep. uh, later became much more uh, prominent. Although I have to say in later and New who, the, I don't, is there a, even an explicit like kissing scene? I mean, you you get that the 10th doctor and Rose were an, were very much, you know, romantic, romantically interesting. They were in love. Um, yeah. But I don't think he actually had a kissing scene. I don't recall no, that. I don't, um, I don't remember recall
2: one. one. I think we get what. I think we get that with River.
1: Yes, it's very clear with River. Uh, although, yeah, although I, I mean that's a whole other conversation. Is River a companion or is she uh, a, a co-equal yeah. to the Doctor?
2: Oh well, for <laughs> show for we'll show purposes, to... she's a companion. Yeah. She's just a, an unusual one.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I I I would think it. Less exploitative. That's all I. That's all I would say. With that. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: Well, she can kick his butt. Yes. So. Yes. Um, so the and delegate people like Nardole to kick his butt. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, he knows how to run the Tardis better. But anyways.
1: Meanwhile, the uh, meanwhile the the master who is now a gla- uh, a glass snake um, <laughs> crawls out of the Tardis uh, through the the keyhole in it, or did that already uh, and into the uh, clothing of uh, one of the paramedics and just long story short ends up entering the body of this paramedic uh, while he's asleep and taking over his body.
2: Um, by the way, notice the symbolism with the master being a snake. I mean, mm. that's that's symbolic. It's going to play into some other symbolism that we are, we're going to have set up here pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the master as serpent is a notable theme here. Right. Also there's a there's a great line I was just recently listening to the the Big Finish audio production The Two Masters which is the first sort of dual master story and you have the Big Finish master uh, paired with the uh, burned up version of the master from Tom Baker's era. Mm. And he's commenting at one point, oh, of all the other versions of myself, I have to get stuck with. Why couldn't it have been the Velveteen guy or the snake?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, so uh- – uh, so, meanwhile, and of course, the master is uh, brutally—he he, he murders this poor woman. The, the, the paramedic's wife will say, uh, "You yep. know, it's played king. by the actor's real life wife." Oh, interesting! Didn't know that. So, just Think about how that must have felt. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, meanwhile, the doctor is in the uh, morgue uh, when. Regeneration starts, um, you know, the, the the morgue attendant is watching Frankenstein, of course, you know, it's a little, again, a little on the nose. Um, the, yeah. do- the doctor regenerates and, you know, keeping in mind when he when he wakes up and he and he apparently has super strength at this point, and he busts out of the uh, through the morgue, uh, the, the freezer door. He looks completely different. This guy doesn't know who this person is who just came out of the freezer. Um, Right. And uh, the eighth doctor wanders off. um, And this is okay. Again, I, I got a little lost here into this part of the hospital that apparently was demolished. Um,
2: yeah, that's yes. weird. They don't really explain it.
1: Broken glass everywhere. Like, I mean, it's like like it, like it was an earthquake and nobody cleaned up. But, you know, it was very strange. Um, and, yeah. But we have, you know, the idea apparently was to have him looking in these, all this broken glass at his reflection. And that's mm-hmm. sort of symbolizing the confusion of regeneration or something. But
2: <laughs> yeah. And this is something we we have. Uh, we actually had it mentioned in Time in the Rani where when Sylvester McCoy regenerates, now the Ronnie actually gives him a drug or something that does it, but he can't remember who he is for a while. And he comments, maybe I have regeneration amnesia. Well, yep. this doctor really has regeneration amnesia. So yes. they've referred to the concept before, and he's, you know, in this thunderstorm yelling, who am I? And right. we have about a 20-minute segment where he's trying to figure out who he is. <laughs> right.
0: And even kind of comments about, you know, that I've been dead too long this time, you know. <laughs> right. Because, because of, the of the anesthesia. anesthesia. Yep. Okay.
2: Uh, by the way, a little bit, a little bit more symbolism here. So we've obviously got the Frankenstein comparison with the dead coming back to life. But Frankenstein is not the only person who's ever come back from the dead. And so um, when he when he comes out of the morgue freezer, he's you know, he's got this long hair. He doesn't have a beard, but he's got this long hair and he's wrapped in this white sheet Mm And he looks like Jesus Christ emerging from a tomb. Well, and yeah. they specifically talk about this Christ-like aspect of the symbolism because uh when one of the morgue attendants is reporting this to Grace, she says, I don't think the second coming is going to happen right here. <laughs> so we have this explicit <laughs> parallelism between the doctor as a Christ figure and the master as a devil figure with the serpent yep. form. Right. And uh, so that's interesting. Also – In some later stuff, Um, that Big Finish did, they played on the Frankenstein elements of this Doctor's regeneration by actually making Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, one of his companions for a time. So there are these audio plays where you have Paul McGann's Doctor and Mary Shelley traveling, and she's getting ideas for Frankenstein and other novels from her (laughs) travels.
1: Oh, that's good. I have to to look at those. We we still need to do a show on uh, uh, on recommendations for Big Finish uh, audios stories uh we have to figure yeah. out how we would do that since you've obviously read most of them but but we that's on our list that's on our list uh, we've got plenty yep. of time till fall of 2018 so uh um, yeah. so emt bruce does his best terminator impression uh as he comes to the hospital yeah. looking for the doctor <laughs> uh he's and he's extremely robotic um i, I think defra- i think it's intentional like the master is mm-hmm. getting control of the body still 'Cause later no, he, on he it's less it later. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. he, well
0: he mentions it when they're in the TARDIS, when it's him and Lee first in the TARDIS, he says it took me a while to figure out this walking and talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's also the Terminator stuff is not
2: wasn't originally intentional. I mean, it looks like it was because he really does seem very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. But uh, what happened apparently, and they talk about this in the documentary, but uh, I think in the documentary. But what happened apparently is originally they were planning on the body he's in degenerating. Mm -hmm. And they even have a little bit of that, like where he's talking to a nurse and he's peeling off one of his fingernails. Yeah. And yep. the makeup effects were causing the actor to have skin problems. Also, he has these green eyes that show he's possessed by the master. Yeah. And the like glowing green eyes. And the, uh, the contact lenses for those were causing lots of eye problems for him. And mm. so their solution was to put on dark glasses so he didn't have to wear the contact lenses. And between dropping the degeneration of the body – because of the makeup problems and putting on the glasses because of the contact lens problems, he ends up looking a lot like the Terminator. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's funny that, I mean, that the whole,
1: you know, the possessed body degenerating, uh, as you go, it came, that comes out in the, uh, the Will Smith movie, um, uh, with the aliens, uh, Independence Day? No, the one where he's undercover I with seen it. with um oh Men in Black. Men in Black. Thank you. It's like I, I, yep. I could could not get the where uh, Vincent D'Onofrio I think played that role of the yep. uh, the yes he did the exterminator. Um. So uh. So interesting how that that was that had to be years later too. So oh, yeah, it, yeah. Interesting.
2: Suit. I remember that. Okay.
1: So the Doctor ends up getting his uh his characteristic outfit by uh, raiding someone's. Uh, well, there Locker. Are, yeah, it's like a mess. There's like a New Year's Eve masquerade ball at the hospital. Yep. And he gets the uh, Wild Bill Hickok
0: costume suit.
2: Uh, yeah. Minus and the gun. Minus the minus gun, the of gun. course. They uh, lift yeah. up
0: the gun and drop it.
2: <laughs> um, and, way, and this is this is not the first time that actually is or the last time the doctor is going to get his new wardrobe by uh, raiding a hospital. Yeah. Um, the, uh, third doctor, John Pertwee got some of his stuff, if I recall correctly, from, yes. he, de- he definitely stole it. And I think it was in a hospital. It was the and same then, kind of thing.
0: It was the same kind of thing where it was a, a dress up costume for one of the doctors or somebody like that
2: there yeah, in the hospital
0: I, he was taken to. And okay. then Matt Smith in, uh, the prisoner zero, the, the 11th hour
2: episode, right. uh, he in the hospital gets his costume there as well. Yeah, that's
1: true. So uh he ends up connecting with Grace uh freaking her out uh they they leave the hospital and go back to her apartment where she was living with her, her boyfriend uh, Brian who it was established at one point that he was angry with her for, you know, being on call, but, you know, because she's a doctor. And um, he apparently moved out in the past six hours. Um, came, Taking the couch. <laughs> did everything else. Yeah. I mean, this guy was this guy must have had one foot out the door already. I mean, this is uh, this. That yeah. was about the fastest move I think I've ever seen. Um and there's not not much happens in that uh, sequence with uh, at her house it's still more talking about convincing her that he's a Time Lord. Um, meanwhile, Lee uh, has the special TARDIS key. And is able to unlock, the get into the TARDIS, which is kind of funny, considering that uh, we know that the TARDIS is supposed to have a special lock
2: that you have to yeah. open a certain way. Uh, it's, it's biometric, so Lee shouldn't be able to open it. But then yeah. they established that the TARDIS really, really, really likes him. So for yes, some reason, for some reason. Some strange reason. reason. Um, and the Master was...
1: Inside the TARDIS, when he gets there, that's uh, that was yeah. something I didn't understand.
0: That never gets established. Um, how uh, how they, did he get in there? They don't show. Yeah, and it's not like he walked in through the door. He walked in from the other side of the, from the inside of the TARDIS into the console room. Exactly. So they don't really show him. You know, I mean, it'd be one thing if you know Lee's there looking around and he looks back at the door and the Master's standing there. Right. But that's not how they did it.
1: And uh, they still were doing the thing where, where that they've always done with the door of the TARDIS, which is from the outside, it looks like a small police box door, but from the inside, it looks like this big, uh, substantial door um, that, you know, know, whereas with New Who, it's always looks like the, the TARDIS door front, you know, like the back of the police box door on the inside. So uh, just just a little note, I just thought was interesting. Um, they go to the cloister room which now looks very different from well the last time I saw it which was in uh That uh
2: which that was, was the first time it had ever appeared.
1: Okay so but, so I don't know if if the cloister room had a, had been in any episodes since then in the intervening couple decades I don't think so. Uh, I don't recall it. But. But, but it looks very different now. Um it has this big egg
2: in the middle okay, that is Yeah the eye <laughs> The Eye of Harmony, so, which is different than it's appeared before. So it has been um, part of the show. Yeah. The Eye of Harmony before is was explained as the black hole that gives uh the Time Lords their power. And it was like located on Gallifrey under the Citadel. It wasn't located in Tardisies. And yeah. if I'm conjugating Tardis correctly with the, the <laughs> proper Latin inflection uh, or Latin ending, um,
0: the Tardi?
2: no <laughs> tard well, tar, um e well anyway um, <laughs> the they later kind of follow up on it though because in Matt Smith's era there's the episode Journey to the Center of the Tardis where we get to see another version of the Eye of Harmony, which is like a giant sun inside the TARDIS that Matt Smith explains as a supernova in the process of collapsing into a black hole, sort of frozen in time that powers the TARDIS. And so even though the original Eye of Harmony <clears throat> was explained as what powers Time Lord civilization, it seems that the Eye of Harmony may multi-locate and be present in each Time Lord TARDIS as well as being on Gallifrey. But it was the creation of the Eye of Harmony that originally banished the Time Lord Omega or Omega, as we say in America, uh, to an antimatter universe that was in uh, – we saw in The Three Doctors, Yep. the first Doctor Who crossover story.
1: Okay, okay. So uh, at this point the 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 master makes some claims uh to probably i guess to convince lee that he's the good guy um one of them is that the doctor stole all his regenerations and mm-hmm. another is that the tardis belongs to the master
2: um right which is pretty good deception actually to yeah. try to set lee up for helping the master right and and you know to to be fair lee has been
1: um Uh, hypnotized by the green glowing eyes of the master, apparently um, into, into helping him. Uh, The, the doctor gets all kissy with grace in the park, um, which actually sounds like a song. Scandal.
2: (laughs) Scandalous. Um, And, and and this is not like passionate kiss. This is like sudden impulse kiss. Like what Carrie Fisher does to Luke Skywalker for luck.
0: Right. You know, this is, This was, you know, he finally remembered who he was and just in the excitement and, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah. So it it wasn't. Sorry.
2: By the way, there's also a neat bit because he's still, you know, kind of finding his footing, so to speak, after his regeneration. And he's put on these shoes that belong to Grace's boyfriend. And at first they don't fit. But then his feet like regenerate, grow into them. And he's just so delighted that he he, (laughs) all of a sudden and she says, what? And he says, these shoes fit perfectly. And it's that same kind of childlike weirdness that we get later on about "Ooh, new kidneys. Oh, I don't like the color. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The sudden post-regeneration non sequitur. But he's delighted over the new shoes and realizing who he is and gives Grace a peck on the mouth.
1: Okay. Okay. So, um, and this at this point causes for some reason the master to kind of connect with the doctor. Uh, He sees the seventh doctor, then he sees uh, the eighth doctor, and then sees through his eyes. And this Mm -hmm. causes him to announce, "The doctor is half human."
0: Yet another controversy from this show. Yeah, Yeah, this is the other big one.
1: Okay. So, what's what's the deal here? Is the doctor half human, or is this another deception?
2: They leave it ambiguous. They imply right. here that he is half human, and apparently that on his mother's side. And that was apparently going to be part of the story for the ongoing series of he, he's. They're looking for his Time Lord father, Ulysses, but he's on Earth because of his. He's had this fascination with Earth because that's where his mom is from. And they never they never pay this off. They 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 ignore it assiduously after this because it was so unpopular with the fans. But it does explain why he's so obsessed with Earth and they actually hit at it. Um, in um, Hell Bent, the uh, one of the last Peter Capaldi episodes with uh, Clara Oswald, where it's the payoff of the whole hybrid arc, and you have this uh, scene set in the far future of Gallifrey, where it's all in ruins, and the Doctor is there talking with a Shilder, or me about what the hybrid is, and one of the things she hints at is that his fascination with earth could imply he's a hybrid half human. Interesting. And so That's they right. they later hint about this, so it's not completely ignored later on, but it is largely ignored. Interesting. So
1: it's a possibility. Oh, also
2: for the future. It's a possibility. Yeah. Also there have been one of the other lines by the way, um, Grace asks him at one point if he can like become another species. And he says, yes, but only when I regenerate. And so that's kind of our first indication that Time Lords can radically change Mm -hmm. at regeneration. They don't have to be the same race or the same sex or the same species even. Um, But that has led some fans to come up with theories that it's only the eighth Doctor that's half human and the others are all pure Time Lord.
1: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um. I could see, I could see a like a retcon theory for that, where the yeah. the operation caused an interruption, and he was re- regenerated more human or something.
2: Yeah, had well, some and, grace and DNA in him or something. Yeah. So and she's actually it? the mother he's yeah. kissing, which is even more George Clooney
0: <laughs> weird. Yeah, <That laughs> would be. Well, we 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 talked about something like that with the fifth Doctor. That you know, the theory is reason why he had the the celery was because it it turns purple and gases that are poisonous to him. Well, it might only be that regeneration that these right. particular gases were poisonous to. Heal, yeah, you know. So we have talked about something like that before. So I mean, the rest of the 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 movie
1: kind of jumps along along a uh, uh, an action track. We we get this idea that the Doctor needs a beryllium atomic clock to fix the Eye of Harmony and the and the time errors caused by the <laughs> the Master's fiddling inside the uh, the console
2: of the TARDIS. And then- and that's not completely mindless technobabble. Some atomic clocks do run on beryllium isotopes. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, and it just happens to be a brand new atomic beryllium atomic clock being <laughs> started up in San Francisco that night. And Grace just happens to be on the board of directors of yeah. this particular, particular Institute of Technology and Research or whatever. ITAR, I think, is what it was. <laughs> yeah. What, a, what right. a coincidence. What a coincidence. What a and set so, of
1: coincidences. Yes. They uh, – they, there's a scene where they're uh, at a, at the scene of a, of a traffic accident involving chickens, and they they <laughs> they hijack this policeman's um, motorcycle, and and it's. The, <laughs> They get his gun, and Grace shoots the gun, and they and they get the the guy to give. Them, and I'm thinking, like, what? Like, do none of the other policemen at the scene of this accident do they not care yeah. that a gun has yeah. been shot? <laughs> like, is it's it was really tough. I mean, he's
2: he, the it's, doctor does this yeah. thing where
1: he holds the gun to himself and holds himself hostage, and you know, sort of the silliness
2: uh, bits. Uh, that we'll I, see. And I like that. Yep. You know, yeah, the doctor. Good, it is like surprising that. when the doctor you know has the gun and suddenly. Points it at himself and holds himself hostage. That's funny,
1: right? Yeah. Right, uh, and he did offer him a jelly baby too. That was the other part of yes. that that he did. Um, <laughs> there is a whole chase scene between uh, Lee and the master in an ambulance and the the motorcycle. Uh, Lee knows a shortcut, and they get to the institute first. Um, the doctor and Grace go through some machinations to get a piece of the the atomic clock. Um, they. Uh, Oh, there was some part of the, uh, in the in um, the in the chase. I just uh, another part where I had to shake my head was this. they're you know, the they, they go down this side street, and there's two trucks driving side by side, one on the wrong side of the road, right next to each other. And I'm thinking, why are you doing yeah, exactly. this? <laughs> why would they be driving like that? Uh, well, because okay, you have to okay, pull so off a stunt. I,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but here in California, we do have a lot of roads that are unidirectional, and you have multiple lanes. It, so, I, I mean, I'd have to look
0: at the scene again, but you do have there like was there was a double yellow. Roads. There was so, a double okay. yellow. Uh, yeah, it was. It was okay. supposed to be one lane each direction, and but these two okay. trucks, one was passing the other one. He shouldn't have been, or it's something. I, I like he tells Grace to inhale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The it, I, I now this is the part where because of the or at least according to the producer because of all the interference from the different. Corporate entities that were messing with the ending. This is where it starts to get mushy, yeah. purr, in the writing, and um, and there are some some lame stuff in the action sequence. I don't mind the action itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not generally a fan of action sequences because it means nothing and the plot is going to advance until the action is over. Correct. but um, but the action here is okay. But there are little stupid things in here, like out of nowhere. <laughs> Grace during the action sequence declares to the universe, "I finally meet the right guy, and he's from another planet." It, Which I guess is some executive's idea of a funny line that they just wanted yeah. shoved into this into the show for no apparent reason. Yeah, um, but they haven't done anything to set that up adequately, and it's just out of context here in this action sequence. So you know, well, there's a, of, eh. there's another one like that
1: where, like, uh, again, out of nowhere, you have the TARDIS on the street and the the doors open, and you have a police bike that just kind of drives in and then drives out, and that's it. It's and it's not the doctor on the a police comedy bike. Scene, yeah, yeah. It's right. just someone said, "Hey, you know what would be funny is this one rode a motorcycle yeah. Indian and out of the TARDIS," um, which actually I saw another version of that last night. My wife and I watched. Uh, um, uh, oh, no, that was... No, day no. of the Doctor. No, yeah. We, it's in w- Day of the Doctor. My wife and I watched Angels Take Me in Hand. But yeah, that's in Day of the Doctor, no. which we'll talk about next week, where Clara rides the motorcycle into the TARDIS, which is still a bad idea, because uh, there's yes, not a lot exactly. of room to stop. Uh, nevertheless, um, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, we have this weird thing of the, the bike. They come, they get this, this necessary part of the beryllium clock. They get back to the TARDIS. They don't have the key, but apparently the doctor hides a key above the letter P, uh, in the police box sign uh that she, she yeah. the evilless rep to find um they
2: get and it never falls off when they go through the time vortex
1: it's kind of handy that well' it's a it's a cubby hole <laughs> apparently those, so well those, old, oh, those okay.
0: little those uh, little magnet key holders that you put on your car those <laughs> yeah. things are pretty good <laughs> those you know? are
1: tight those are tight yeah
0: the <laughs> it uh sticks to wood
1: the doctor manages to close the eye of harmony but the earth is still in danger um they have to take the tardis back to a time before the eye was opened um, but the TARDIS now doesn't have any power, so on and so forth. Uh, the Master shows up,
2: um, and in and out, over the top weirdo Doctor Strange costume.
1: Yeah, well, and, in fact, the Doctor makes a, a point of saying that it, you, you you took you took the time to get to to get changed, and the Master has a you know a comeback on it, which was uh, not very clever come back but no
0: i mean it was it was meant to look like the time lord outfits from the old series you know that kind of sort of sort of but not quite where they've got the shoulder pads with the thing that arches up and yeah it was he said something about
2: dressing for the occasion or something exactly yeah and this is this is where the master's acting is really painful does, I mean, it's kind of been, you know, eh, up to now. But here, the master gets really over the top, supervillain campy.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. there's um, a a moment uh, the doctor is strapped into some sort of torture device that holds his eyes open. Um, it looks a lot like uh, Grace is possessed and hypnotized by the doctor by the master. I'm sorry, and he has her put this crown of thorns on the doctor, sort of yeah. extending yep. the the it, devil it looked-
2: Christ metaphor. It looks like a crown of thorns made out of nails. Yes. Yeah. And so you have so you, definitely more Christ imagery here. Um, and, oh, and when they strap him up in, in the machine to steal his regenerations, he's got his arms spread. And it's, it's you know, with the crown of thorns and the arms spread, it's definitely a crucifixion image.
1: Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, so disasters start to, let's see, well, well um, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to keep track of all the all the things that are happening. Everything's kind of coming fast, and like you said, kind of confusing. Um, yeah. The master taunts so the doctor just, and removes his influence on Grace as he kisses her, then forces her to look into the
2: eye. Now, and the reason he's in that, so we should back up a couple of things. It, uh, one of them, the reason there's dramatic tension at this point is not just that the Doctor's regenerations are going to be stolen. It's that for some reason, the earth is going to be sucked into the eye of harmony as a black hole at midnight, exactly. If the doctor doesn't fix all this, right? So it's they've amped up the stakes to the whole world. Um, and for no apparent reason, the master has snapped Lee's neck. So Lee can't look into the Eye of Harmony to open it. And, and the Master then possesses grace to force, uh, possesses grace, but he, um, after he's foolishly killed Lee for no reason, he needs grace to be able to look at into it to open the Eye of Harmony because apparently the TARDIS really, really, really likes any full blooded human. (laughs) Um, the, the, the master explains the doctor has never been able to open it because he's only half human. So apparently the TARDIS really, really, really likes full-blooded humans and the master needs to unpossess grace. So her eyes will be normal and she can look into it and open the eye of harmony, allowing the master to steal all of the doctor's regenerations before the earth is sucked into a black hole.
0: Right. Got all that? Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's what's happening in this scene.
1: So meanwhile, Grace, the doctor sends Grace to go to the control room.
0: To hotwire the TARDIS, which she apparently as knows it, how as to as do,
2: Grace can do that. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: don't you know all you do to hotwire a vehicle is just grab two random wires and touch <laughs> them together, and that's <laughs> what does it. And so the master, let's see,
1: uh, Grace manages to start the, the TARDIS one second before midnight because all things and there's a countdown. All you always yeah. get things done one second.
2: Left. Um, By the the way, right before that happens, that we have what appears to be a prayer from the doctor because he's he's up there in the torture device. Everything's going to Hades and everything's about to fall apart. And he says alone. So he's not talking to the master. He's not talking to Grace. He's not talking to Lee, who's dead alone. He says this can't be how it ends. Stop this please. And that's, and, and just taking that on its face, it looks like the doctor is praying.
1: That's Mm -hmm. a good point. That's a good point.
2: Um, which is also
1: another perhaps connection to biblical imagery from the cross, you know, the, Mm -hmm. where Jesus's last words from the cross, uh, grace returns to the cloister room and frees the doctor, but then the master comes and attacks them both, uh, kills grace, um, the doctor and the master struggle, and the master falls in. And true to form, he rejects into the eye of harmony. I'm sorry, into the eye of harmony. The true to form, he rejects the doctor's uh, offer to save him, and he's gets sucked into the eye. Uh, and at some point, he'll return as uh, the prime minister of Britain, um, Harold yep.
2: Saxon uh, as, Der- as Derek Jacoby first. Uh, which w- when when will he do that, uh, uh, that- Professor Yana? Oh, he regenerates. in- Of course, of course, yes. Yeah. At the
1: end, at the end of time. So uh yeah. that's right I, I missed that his return um so the tARDIS goes back in time energy travels from the eye to regenerate them uh re-re-restore yeah. them Lee resurrect and, and them grace sorry Lee and yeah. Grace, um uh, which sounds like a TV it, show.
2: I, um, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By years. the way, I just want to say a lot of a lot of what they have happen here. I mean, this is at New Year's Eve. We're getting intercutting between stuff on the TARDIS and the costume party, and the countdown, and the images from around the world, and it's a very effective dramatic montage. Mm. And it comes down to initially when. Everything's about to fall apart and the earth's about to get sucked into a black hole. We, the last thing we see is this image uh, from a news broadcast where the, the news broadcaster is saying, that's all the time we have. Yep. <laughs> and, yep, exactly. and, it's, uh, and it's really effective. Now, uh, so I like the cinematography here. Um, what I don't like is the logic because they've told us we need to go back in time before we arrived to undo all of this and that's fine because if you've had a timeline that's going bad it makes sense to go back before it and change stuff so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't play out the same way but here it's like they go back in time and don't change anything just just the fact of going back in time of going back is enough to put time right and that doesn't make any sense Unless it's the fact of the TARDIS
1: now being at that time without having the, the oh, I can't, can never remember what the error was that brought them there in the first the, place.
2: Yeah, the time error or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe the t- the TARDIS existing in that time without having the problem. Uh, I, I, the problem. Again, yeah. it's-
2: You're being generous, Dom. Yes,
1: headcanon retconning, mm-hmm. I know, but- uh, Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, <laughs> <yes>. whatever. So- <laughs> Uh, we have um, you know the doctor. We have the sort of the post uh, climatic events uh, discussions. He shows them like the, the universe
2: and um, so so on and so forth. The the doctor. Oh yeah, he sa- he says Gallifrey is on the other side of your galaxy, two hundred and fifty million light years away. <laughs> the galaxy is only a hundred thousand light years wide. Well, he
0: <laughs> well, took the long way. light years <laughs> is Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the other side of the galaxy. Just beyond it quite a bit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> or you take the long route. Uh, the, the league gets to get,
1: uh, turns out the best in this of everybody. He gets to keep the bags of gold dust worth, uh, you know, bags millions, of gold. millions of billions yeah. of dollars or whatever it is. Um, the doctor gets his bag with his uh, sonic screwdriver back uh you know his, his possessions uh, as the seventh doctor um and interesting the doctor asks grace to travel with him and she refuses
2: and mm-hmm. and yeah, she has to stay turned, well yeah she actually and he says you could come with me and she turns it around and says you come with me and yeah. it's almost clara oswald like of you know you have a hint of a companion that's going to live on earth but still have a relationship with the doctor.
0: Right. And I wonder if that was the, the plan was the doctor would leave. And then if it got picked up as a series, he would come back and pick grace up and they'd go and adventure and travel and all that kind of fun stuff.
1: Well, the interesting question I have on this is the grace and Lee. I mean, they're, they're they're kind of counted as companions in this. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. but they don't, they don't actually end up going with him. And I wonder, does this make him the, the, the one doctor who never had an official companion?
2: The definition of companion is sort of flexible, but it's generally considered that if you if you're if you're teamed up with the doctor in an adventure, and you travel in the TARDIS, you count as a companion. And they both do travel with the TARDIS with the doctor in the TARDIS. Okay, all mm-hmm.
1: right. It's it's long enough to technically be true, and then for them to be exposed to the time vortex. If if you're exposed to the time yeah. vortex, you're companions, but that way too. That's another way of putting, yeah. I guess. Um, All right. And then uh, the doctor goes off on his new adventure. Um, He, we we just end with him settling back into the armchair in the TARDIS control room, picking up the time machine by HG Wells again. uh, And the, uh, the, the gramophone record starts skipping again. And then he says, oh no, not again. And we end uh, on that note. Um, and then we presumably were going to get more adventures that never came, except yeah. in uh, some big Finnish uh, audio productions. Right, Jimmy?
2: Yes. Yeah. And actually. actually, the a lot of them. The eighth doctor was the doctor for the current doctor for like nine years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And they made a lot of stuff and they still make stuff with Paul McGann. Um, they recently had him teaming up with River Song, for example, and uh, he became one of the most popular Doctors in Big Finish.
1: That's fun. That's funny. It's it's kind of cool. Uh, Again, yeah. I, I, I mean, I does not have hours in the day for me to <clears throat> to catch up with all
0: of that stuff. Come <laughs> yeah. uh, coming at this but, very late in the game. But of course, we're but not done with the Eighth Doctor because we will be talking about him. Next, Next week. yeah, That's right. Next, that's right. Yeah. So uh, – By the way, a, f- a few little tidbits yes. uh, that I wanted to
2: mention. So another weird unexpli- inexplicable thing. At one point, the doctor who's never looked into the Eye of Harmony before because he's never opened it says, if I look into the eye, my soul will be destroyed. <laughs> so just where does that come from? Yes. Um, then on the other hand, we also have a Douglas Adams line. Life is wasted yes. on the living. Um, Douglas Adams being a former, uh, author and script editor for Dr. Who, um, Grace has the most, and we've had when she first enters the TARDIS, She doesn't have the typical reaction. She's very nonchalant. She doesn't even seem to notice it's bigger on the inside than the outside. And we've actually sort of had nonchalant reactions before. Um, When Sergeant Benton first comes aboard the TARDIS, he's like totally He's just staring. And the doctor says, aren't you going to comment on how it's bigger on the inside? And he says, I thought that was obvious. Um, so we've had nonchalant reactions before, but grace actually understands what, why it's bigger and makes a comment about, oh yeah, that's uh, explains the dimensional anomaly when we cross the See, threshold.
0: I thought she was being sarcastic there. I thought she was just, you know, being kind of like the sarcastic techno babble. The doctor's like, yeah, you're actually right. You know, you know, that's kind of how I read that one. You know, it's like, oh yeah, of course it is. Cause you felt the dimensional transference as you went through the like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> either either way, I like her reaction. And of it's a course, creative Lee, turn. Lee, yeah.
0: Lee had the, the the classic, though, wait yeah. a second. Who <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. runs
1: out, runs around, it runs back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In,
0: in
2: terms of the episode overall, I, I think uh, Paul McGann is a really likable doctor. Yeah. Um, and I like the fast paced nature of this show. It's definitely faster paced than the stories that preceded it. Um. I don't think that it's just a bad story despite its flaws. I think it's an entertaining story. I think it's badly placed in the mm-hmm. series history. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good story for a reboot right. because it's too much old who – you know, like with all the Sylvester McCoy stuff, right. it, it, it's to introduce it to a brand new American audience. that's never seen it, but it's not, an, but it, it's also too much new who to please the longtime fans. Right. And so it, it was kind of placed awkwardly in the history of the series. I think who it's really for is us today, fans of both classic and new who, who appreciate the elements of both mm-hmm. of it, yeah. of both aspects of it and can view it in context as a kind of transitional episode between the old series and the new right. series.
0: I, yeah, I agree with Jimmy. Well, uh, on a lot of that, because I re- I re- watched it when it first aired and I absolutely hated it. Mm. I mean, I thought it was terrible. And when I was watching it last night to, to review for this podcast, it's, you know, it really isn't, as bad i mean i remembered it and i remembered every every scene and everything but it wasn't as bad but because now we're again we're looking after 12 years of new who were things that they established in this movie are now canon if you will they're now really a part of the
2: series and they prove to be good decisions you can it does make the series more textured if the doctor can have romance
0: exactly you know and it, it is i i And I mentioned at the beginning of our podcast that it really feels like when they wrote Rose, they looked at this and they took out what was bad. And like you said, Jimmy, they kept what was good. And I just, you know, comparing this to Rose, you're right, Jimmy. I mean, this was not a good reboot episode. If anything, this was just a, hey, let's throw a bone to the old who fans, but we got to pull some new stuff in. Yeah. It's like,
2: let's throw a big, huge Brontosaurus bone to the old fans. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: That said, I don't
1: think they could have done Rose the way they did without this movie. Like if they had gone from 1989 to 2005 and started Mm -hmm. up with uh, Christopher Eccleston with no anything been between him and Sylvester McCoy uh, uh, from a visual on TV standpoint, um, I think that might have. I don't think it would have been as well received uh, in in one sense. Uh, in, in, right. in, I mean, there was a a, a cl- some closure on Sylvester McCoy mm-hmm. on old who, and then the sort of it as it began. That said, I I think it was a good idea for Rose to not include a classic doctor and for not to, to, to not have a regeneration at the beginning. Right. I, I think, it, no, I,
0: I, I think it started but, the way it should have. Um, no, I agree. And, and that's, and that's one of the things I think they learned from this series is we need to start from scratch. Yeah. We need to start mm-hmm. from a blank slate. And yes, of course, new who, as we know now has brought in more and more and more and more of the old elements. Uh, Stephen Moffat, of course, uh, has done a lot of that bringing in classic who, into new. Who, mm-hmm. Right. Um, but from the start, it literally, the only elements from classic who was the TARDIS of the doctor. Right. And the sonic screwdriver and the sonic you know, but it was very, 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 very little that from the continuity before, but then they brought in the element of the time Lords and in the Daleks. That yeah. There and the Daleks and slowly started bringing these elements back in. And I think that was the right approach that this movie did not do. I agree. Um, I agree. Good.
1: All right. Uh, you know the the movie didn't include Daleks. I mean, include the Master. Um, I wonder if we it would had their voices. What, what's that? We had their voices at
2: the beginning mm-hmm. when they're sentencing the Master to death. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I, I I'm curious if it would have been if I mean I know the the Master was a, was um, a key you know villain from the classic era. The Daleks might have been the more popular villain. I wonder if that would have changed it. Uh, the reception to this if it had been Daleks instead of The Master, uh, a story about Daleks. Um, here uh,
2: it, 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 it would. Um, I think that it, I think it works better with The Master than The mm-hmm. Daleks though because the, the it, it, I mean, imagine an American audience that's never seen Doctor Who before and what's this show about? Right. Well, exactly. if I'm, if I'm dealing with a bunch of these pepper pots that apparently, you know, are stuck on the ground, even though they're not really. Um, it could, it, it, they're just so visually unusual right. that it could be distracting, whereas people understand the good guy, bad guy dynamic much more. Also, the master, because of his regeneration issue, he, you know, he's trying to steal the doctor's regenerations. Mm-hmm. That gives them more time to talk about regeneration and understand what they've been seeing.
0: Well, and, And my thought too, is with, with the master, they could keep it somewhat self contained because the master appeared like a human. The doctor appears like a human. You don't have this element of all of a sudden you're introducing these strange creatures where all the crowds have to react, you know, most yeah. people who are in that that car wreck or in that the the backup from the car accident, they you know would have had no clue that something really, really odd was going on. Right. Other than a bunch of chickens were running around the highway, <laughs> right. you know, but but with the Daleks, you would have had to have the crowd scenes where they're running away from the Daleks and exterminate, exterminate and all that. You didn't have to have that. There could have been a lot of the background people blissfully unaware of what's going on in the main plot okay you know so
1: good so i think um we've we've kind of said our piece on this uh, you know what do you think of the, uh, the the 1996 doctor who tv movie starring paul mcgann um i i you know the, this is uh controversial among fans were you did you like it did you not like it um by the way if you want to see it um i was able to get it on itunes uh, I, I i purchased it on itunes um uh, Amazon has it too okay Amazon has it too okay good um, so you can, you can get it online uh, in different places it's not on BritBox uh, that's that was that, that only has the BBC stuff so uh, tell us what you thought of the, the Doctor Who TV movie or or you know comment on our, our remarks about it uh, let us know visit us at Tridio.com T-R-I-D-E-O dot com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page uh, leave us some feedback send us an email to uh, Doctor Who at sqpn.com you can even send us some voice feedback uh, using your your computer or even uh, the voice memo function on your smartphone and email it to that address you can find links to all our personal social media and websites on our show notes on tridio.com we'll be back next week when we'll be discussing the night of the doctor and the day of the doctor the 50th anniversary special until then uh father cory stika thank you for joining us in sharing the secrets of doctor who you're welcome. Glad to be here. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. My pleasure, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening. And remember, as science has shown us over and over, in the fight to survive, there are no rules.
0: When will I see you again? Uh, soon, I expect. Or later. One of those...